Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 256, and uh, we're going to make this another update episode. Yeah, that is right. We are doing another update episode, and as you guys see again, uh, we are we're doing this kind of remote. Uh, I am this time at least I'm not in my car. That's nice. But that uh, is true. or maybe you are. Maybe I am. Yeah, you, you awesome. can't. I mean, as far as you know, I'm in a I'm in a, in a thrift store right now, just taking a break from sourcing. So we real can quick. Have you seen those videos on TikTok where there's a guy like he was doing these Zoom meetings, but he's like going down water slides and he has like the Zoom background in the back. So like it looks all normal until like the final splash at the end. Oh, they're classic. He's done like jet skiing. He's done like boat riding. Oh, it's awesome. Anyways. All right. What are you saying now? But yeah. So anyways, we're recording remote today. And so uh, we might, it might be a little bit before we're both back in the studio recording, uh, but I have a feeling that our normal Saturday and Monday episodes should be good this week. Uh, So thank you all of you who are Fearless Podcast supporters and uh, you you recognize this isn't our normal but this is still good because we are we're we're still at least able to produce some content. And uh, again, if you are listening and you're not watching, uh, we things are a little bit different. The intro is a little bit different, but you know, I really like that intro, man. I almost feel like that just needs to be our new. It, it just gets me so much more pumped. I mean, the old. I don't know. I miss the one. I miss the old one. Let us know in the comments. Do you do you want the original intro or do you want this new heavy beat like? I don't know. I, I, it's a good beat. I, I like it. I like it, but I don't know. I still, I still miss the original intro. So let us know in the comments. That's true. But uh, all right. So update episode. So we'll see what you. <laughs> so we got we got a lot to talk about. But before we start, I just want to say uh, thank you to everyone uh, that continues to support us. We've seen that we've gotten some new members on BuyMeACoffee.com/slash/PureHustle that just signed up in this past week. So thank you all. If you do not know what we're talking about, so. A way to say thank you uh, to Pure Hustle Podcast. If there's any content that's helped you out, or if, if you want to be part of our, our monthly uh, just quick Zoom calls where we do like a virtual meetup, uh, you can sh- sign up at buymeacoffee.com slash purehustle. A uh, link is below. Uh, and you can sign up for a yearly membership, a monthly membership, or you can just say, hey, thank you guys. Here's a couple uh, cups of coffee. But it really helps us, allows us to keep the lights on, allows us to stay mobile when we need to stay mobile and continue the podcast because despite everything that, you know, has been taking place with all of us in the last couple of weeks, we're still dropping the podcast consistently. So that's a good thing. Uh, and so uh, thank you so much. Again, that's buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. All right. So what's been going on with me? Well, it's been a, it's been an interesting two weeks. Uh, just a lot, a lot going on. Uh, if you guys don't know, I also, <laughs> I am a full-time reseller and my side hustle is teaching. And so I've had I've had that come up where I've taken on more uh, classes to teach, and I only teach once a week. Uh, I just teach a specialized class, uh, and so I have like three classes that I teach. Uh, but you know, it it took some time out. It's been the first time that I actually had to put uh, reselling to the side uh, and focus on that, uh, just because I wanted to make sure I'm growing that side business too. And it's not like a side business; it's what I love doing. But I do it because I want to, not because I have to. And, and reselling has allowed me to do that. Uh, but, you know, Mike, it's, it's funny, uh, and I got a little bit of flack because, uh, you know, I was I, I don't know if I was complaining about sales, but, you know, sales have been kind of slow, and I've always been saying there's no summer slowdown. And, uh, you know, I had mentioned on the last episode that I may need to go nuclear and, like, have a major sale. Well, I didn't go nuclear, but here's what's crazy. I put my entire store at 25% off for, like, a few days. And instantly, it's like somebody turned on the faucet and sales just started coming through like crazy. And so 
I, I don't know what it does. I don't know if you, because I've always had 15%, like all the time, 15%, like it just rotates 15%. And just upping that 10%, maybe it brings other people out of the woodwork. I, I don't know. When I look at people having sales, maybe because I'm a reseller, I already know what's going on. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure that they paid $5 for that and then putting it at 30% isn't that big of a deal. Uh, but yeah, the sales just started coming in. And here's the interesting thing with that is that I didn't list. I didn't list for an entire week and I had more sales out a week that I was not listing at all than I had on all the previous weeks that I was listing consistently. Now, argument could be made that all the work I had been done, do, had been doing the previous weeks had allowed for that buildup and eventually led to all those sales. I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm sure that's part of it. I'm sure. I mean, I think there is something to be said about the fact that listing consistently, it does two things. One, it gets more items in your store that people could, could potentially look at. And then two, uh, eBay could, could bump your store up a little bit more in the search results. However, if you've got items people are, are listing, because that's the argument everybody makes. Like It doesn't matter as long as you've got items people are looking for. And, and that's absolutely true. If, if you've got the only you know 49ers jacket of you know starter jacket that someone's looking for, it's not going to matter if you haven't listed in a month or two. If you're the only one with that jacket, that's what they're going to search and find and, and buy. So uh, having items in the store, but I think a big part of it too is um, we're seeing, I, I, I think, and we talked about this a little bit during our uh, buy me a coffee, coffee meetup. But I think that even though it's not technically a stimulus, but the tax credit, the upfront tax credit that a lot of people are getting for their kids is allowing more more discretionary funds in people's pockets, right? So uh, if, for instance, if you're a family of four, you're getting like an extra $1,200 a month right now. And that's extra money that people are, are able to spend uh, because you know some people need that. They might have lost a job or something. Other people, things are normal. Things are just going normally and that's just money that they now have. So I think that that's kind of working to stimulate people are buying. Uh, and so that discretionary money is going to go towards the things that are the things we sell, right? Where someone's like, I've always wanted this hat or I've always wanted this, whatever. Um, and then also back to school, right? That's a, a good time for selling. If you're selling those types of things, uh, it's kind of like a little mini Q4 if you've got some backpacks and you've got that kind of stuff. So uh, I definitely see this being a time of people buying summer slowdown, hopefully is slowing and we can get back into normal sales. Yeah, no, I, I, I think there's there's part of that. And I think the other part is, I think people are starting to shop early uh, for Christmas. I, I, you know, think about it. We're almost in September, which is wild to think about. Uh, and on the other side, so this is the other part I had mentioned, I was going to go back into Amazon uh, because I needed what, to do what pays the bills. And I didn't do anything. I had items listed on Amazon probably for the last month and a half. And I had it listed at a certain price. And then out of nowhere, sale upon sale upon sale upon sale upon sale so i just i think i think both of those came together and to me if this is how it's going to be you know now i can only imagine how it's going to be in two months uh with everything that's going on i, I do anticipate you know we, we don't know what's going on i mean right now we're in a you know not we're not a political show but there's a lot going on you know in the world right now uh with you know current events and and on a macroeconomic level and so who knows where we're going to be in a couple of months as far as economy wise. But as long as, you know, the economy stays kind of how it is right now, uh, I think we're going to have a, a pretty intense Q4 because the, the level of buying that's happening right now, it's not a Q4 level yet, but I haven't seen this kind of buying 
not until the end of October, and we're not even into September yet. So not in the end of October, like mid-October uh, before the rush. The major rush, obviously, is first two weeks of December, uh, maybe even the last week of November. So remember that, uh, you know, you guys will hear a lot on social media, people talking about Q4, 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 especially with Amazon. And you might buy a bunch of stuff, and it's like Black, it's Black Friday. And you're like, why isn't anyone buying? It's because that's not when the prime time is for Q4. The prime time for Q4 is the first two weeks of December. Honestly, I would say probably mm, like 70 to 80% of my Q4 sales happen in two weeks. It's insane. So I do think people are, are, are buying early. I think that's one of the major uh, components. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, yeah. uh, and sales picked up for you a little bit. We were talking the other day, kind of picked up. Yeah, I mean, things are, are, are starting to go up. I, I haven't gotten... So last week I talked about getting into routine. I feel like my routine is really starting to pick up. However, yeah. last week my wife uh, pulled something in her back, and I, I guess that's relatively <laughs> common for um, for women shortly after giving birth. Uh, they don't have that core strength. The abdomen muscles aren't like you know tight enough yet, and so uh, she was picking something up and like tweaked her back. And she there was like a good five days where she couldn't even get out of bed. She can stand. She can walk. Uh, and so with me being back at school, luckily her mom is there to help her. Uh, some and you know she lives real close by, uh, but even still, like during during times when I'm off of work and I'm home, I, I need to step up and be there for my oldest son and and the youngest one, right? And, and you know do things around the house. So it kind of messed up some of the routine as far as listing and things like that. Now I did have a day where I was planning on taking a bunch of pictures, and uh, we we bought a new generator. We ended up using that generator for our RV. And we took the old generator that we had, which was kind of acting up a little bit. And I used that at the shed, our new reselling shed. And I think that that new generator, or the old generator has finally kicked the bucket. Um, I, I couldn't get it to start. So I spent like a good 40 minutes that I was supposed to be taking pictures because I need the power in order to have the light box work. Um, and I just couldn't get the generator to start. So I need to get a new generator for uh, our, our reselling shed. Um, so oh, even without listing, uh, we we're getting a lot more sales. So like you haven't listed in a little while, but still having sales coming in. Uh, some of them are, you can tell back to school sales. Uh, some of them are, you know, fun discretionary sales, maybe early Christmas sales, things like that. So uh, definitely getting some more sales. It would be nice if, uh, if we were listing too, we'd probably even have more sales than we currently have. Uh, but I didn't waste that time. So even though I don't have power in my shed, other than my solar lights, which are just like overhead lights, not enough for, uh, for the light box, but um, I, I was able to get more things organized. I organized, I have like a, another little small metal storage shed by my RV that I have just stuff, personal stuff in. Uh, and a lot of my tools or all my tools are in there. And I've been, as I'm sourcing for tools, if you haven't seen uh, my how to source for tools for eBay, selling on eBay, um, I've kind of gotten into looking for tools at garage sales, thrift stores, um, estate sales, those types of things. And I'm starting to get a pretty good collection. So I'm kind of going through like replacing some of my tools with, with better tools. And then when I have duplicates, like, okay, let's get these organized. So I can list and sell on eBay. Um, so I, I, I've utilized the time. Well, I feel like, I feel like once I do start listing, I've got a better foundation. Things are organized. Things are good to go. Uh, but you know, it's, I'm glad that sales are coming in and maybe I'm kind of glad that I didn't list a bunch with my wife injuring her back because, uh, she helps a lot with the reselling. Yeah. So if, yeah, uh, if we had a whole bunch of sales, it would be all on my shoulder. And that's one of the things I realized about reselling is 
working for yourself has a ton of benefits. Right? There's a lot of pros for uh, for working for yourself. However, uh, there's a lot of the deferred benefits that you kind of are losing, right? So things like 401k, you've got to do your own saving for retirement, which is perfectly fine. Uh, but also things like insurance uh, and sick time, right? So if something happens, right, you can take sick time at a normal job. You say like, hey, I built up two weeks of sick time. I'm going to take this time off. I'm still getting paid. It's not a hiccup, right? Or even something like FMLA, right? But if you are a, a part-time or full-time reseller, and something happens, you're kind of stuck, right? Like you're going to lose mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. You can't really just like tell eBay, like, hey, I'm going to take a two-week sick time. Like, please pay me my normal. Uh, and you might still be getting sales, right? So if you're, let's say you get really sick for a week or two or something happens, you injure your back and you're having a hard time, sales are, have still come in. You've got to figure out how to get those taken care of, right? So you can't just, unless you've got somebody you can call and say, hey, can you help me with these shipments? You're kind of in a, a tough position. So Working for yourself has some of those downfalls. So that's one of the reasons we talk a lot in PSO podcast of kind of preparing for when those things happen, right? There's going to be black swans you can't expect, but you've got to know like at some point I'm probably going to be sick or injured or something. Do I have somebody I can call who can help out? Do I have somebody, do I have a backup plan? Uh, Do I have enough savings so I can take a week or two off and be okay, right? So those are things that you kind of have to be thinking about before you just jump in full-time reselling. Uh, because those are those are unexpected costs. No, hundred percent. I, I can tell you, the full time seller. I mean, the moments that I've been sick and the sales come through, you have no options. Like it's not like you can go, oh, I'll ship those out in three or four days, or I'll ship those out in a week. And, and that's something you got to consider if you're going to go full time. You got to consider the fact of either a, you need to come up with a backup plan in case anything happens, or b, if there is no backup plan, it's going to be you, right? And I will tell you. That's one of the things I do miss. <laughs> it was beautiful. I mean, especially when, um, you know, I was a salaried employee, uh, it didn't matter if I was sick for a week or two weeks or three, right? The paycheck still came in. It didn't matter. And I didn't have to do anything for that paycheck. Uh, but yeah, when you're a full-time reseller, th- there's no options. Uh, and one thing I did add before we move on to random stories is one of the reasons I believe that the sales uh, started coming through is I was accepting offers. Okay, so I it was very rare that I was turning away a sale. I had, you know, I had some lowball offers uh, that were less than fifty percent, and or maybe they were around sixty, and I just thought, no, this is, it's not, it, it's not worth it to me to sell it and pack it. You got to think about that too. I had some big electronic items that people were lowballing on, and for me, it was like, oh, the pain of packing that, they, they need to pay up, and so the fact that I kept accepting sales and sales kept coming through, it just, it's just like a snowball. It just keeps building and building and building. And so, uh, you know, I I mentioned before uh, how, yes, listing is a key component, uh, but I do know of individuals, a friend of ours that listens uh, to the podcast that he admitted to me, uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, before he moved uh, from California, he admitted to me because I asked him, I said, hey, how's eBay sales going? And like, great. Like, oh, so you've been listing consistently. He's like, I haven't listed in six months. Now, I'm not recommending for that to anybody. Um, He did have a large store and so on. Uh, but it, you're right. If you have the items that people are looking for and if you are consistently selling through, I think that helps in the algorithm more than consistently listing. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, but I but listing is a component. I, I think if you stop listing, eventually the sales will eventually decline and not even happen uh, to a certain point. But uh, yeah, I, I've been there before where as long as I kept, for example, uh, let's say I think it was about six years ago. 
I was in a, I was in New York and DC, part of a school trip uh, for a whole week. And I didn't list for an entire week, but every day I kept accepting sales and, and I kept getting more sales and more sales and more sales just because I was gone. I didn't, I didn't want things to slow down. And so I truly believe it wasn't because of me, uh, you know, having this problem of not listing on the road. It was just the fact that I just kept accepting uh, offers uh, that sales coming through and E keeps pushing you up because they like sales, right? They want the fees. They want, they want the return back. And so if you're selling items, I do believe the algorithm pushes you uh, to make more sales. All right, let us know. Let us know your thoughts below. Have you had a moment where you just didn't list, but sales kept coming through? And maybe part of that was because you were accepting uh, those sales. All right, you got any random stories, Mike? Uh, nothing super exciting, but um, a few or several episodes back, I talked about kind of a risky big purchase that I made at a garage sale. Uh, it was another reseller, and they were selling some of their inventory. And I found uh, they were like, is like DJ equipment, and they're kind of small components. Uh, they were for like lighting. So it's like a light controller uh, that you plug in different lights in, and then it hooks up, I don't know, it's a computer or it's programmed itself. I don't know. But so you can do like crazy strobe light things. Yeah. Um, and the there was, I think, like 15 of them plus a couple of other items that uh, that were similar, other DJ equipment, but like 15 of the same and then a few other things. And I, I don't remember exactly what I paid, but it was somewhere between like 10 to $15 each. Um, I saw they're kind of slow movers, but they were kind of moving on, on eBay for like $40 each plus shipping. And so it was kind of like, hey, if I can essentially get 20 items, uh, I just got to sell like 10 of them and I'm going to be able to, the rest will be profit. Well, I've had them for several months now and I'd only sold one, right? So I'm like, oh man, like this, maybe this was a bad buy, right? Like it's mm -hmm. nicer, you could do a bulk yeah. buy, you get a bunch of stuff. Uh, and with only that one selling, it was kind of like, oh, what do I do? Like, I'm kind of stuck with these. But I've had a couple more come through in the last uh, few weeks. And so now it's like, okay, that, it makes me, it's, it almost just validates that, okay, this was a good purchase. These might be slow. It might be two years before uh, I, I see the full profit on them. Uh, but when all is said and done, I should be able to make like $400 off of them, right? Which again, isn't huge, but it, it's one listing, right? Like you make one listing. You put them all up, and then the nice thing is I know what size box they fit in. I know all of that is easy to do. So even if it takes the two years to get that $400, that's still a win. And now that I'm seeing a couple of sales so far, I've had like four sales of them. It's like, okay, like I'm, I'm halfway to breaking even, and I, I made the right choice, right? So even if it's a little bit before I, I fully get that profit. Uh, so I guess just the random part of that is, Sometimes you make a purchase and you're not 100% sure, like, is this going to pay off? Was it a bad move? But one of the nice things about having a big enough inventory, having a big enough store that you've got some free capital you could play with is you can jump on those opportunities mm -hmm. when they come up. You're not so afraid to say, hey, I'm going to make a two, three, four, five hundred $500 purchase uh, knowing that this might take a couple of years before I see the profit from it. But if you've got enough of those going, then you've always got that cash flow. You're always rolling. Things are going good. Uh, and even if this was a bust, I've had enough things where, you know, I buy something else for five bucks and I sell it for 300 and I'm like, worst case scenario, if none of these other things sold, like I broke even, you know, you'd rationalize yeah. it like that. So, uh, you know, just kind of glad to see some things moving that I, uh, wasn't really expecting to, to, I was kind of like, Oh, bad choice. Maybe I don't know. And now I'm like, all right, it's a good choice. It's nice when it randomly picks up and you're like, all right, it'll still worth picking up. So, yeah. What so, I had, I had a couple of things. So, what I did notice is 
upping my uh, my sales to 25% brings a different kind of buyer. And so, which I'm not I'm not a fan of because I I've always said this. I believe that people that are lowball buyers uh, are the biggest problems. Uh, you know, a lot of people always say don't sell to people with zero feedback. I disagree with that. I, I I find that most time people that are zero feedback are just people that they needed to find something they've never bought anything on eBay, and they just went on eBay and they just bought it and that's it. Now there could be scammers, okay, but. For the most part, I've never had any issues. Uh, the, the ones that I have the issues with are are people that either a uh, don't want to, you know, they don't want to pay for the shipping, right? They're like, you'll get the message after the fact, right? You sell something, they're like, hey, can you uh, lower the price on the shipping? It's like, no, you agree to it, and that becomes an issue. Uh, but what I find is now that my prices are a little lower than usual, I'm getting first of all, I'm getting all kind of lowball offers, right? Because people are now going to offer even lower than before, right? Because the price is cheaper. And then I'm getting, you know, I've, I've gotten messages. I'll give you an example of one. And I've gotten multiple uh, scenarios like this. Uh, I sold a pair of shoes, a pair of boots for 50 bucks and it was 50 bucks plus shipping. And, you know, eh, again, I can go on my rant about that eBay needs to make sure that people pay right away. Uh, but I'll give you how that worked out for me in a moment too. And so, you know, this individual, they, they bought it and they didn't pay for it. Then out of nowhere, and this is why I wish eBay would just take care of this payments thing. I get a message of like, "Hey, would you be willing to take?" Uh, remember, they paid fit. They they bought it for fifty plus shipping. They're like, "Hey, uh, can I take? What what are the sizes on these?" I'm like, "What?" So I message them back. I'm like, "It's it's in the description." They're like, "Okay, hey, how are the soles on these shoes?" It, the pictures are in the description. They're like, "Hey, are you willing to take forty plus shipping?" I thought you already paid for this. And I haven't heard nothing. It's just sitting there. It's it, it's in the nether, and, and so it's just gonna sit there. So I'm. I think I'm just gonna. I, what I've been doing, and I'm not recommending people do this, but sometimes people that don't pay right away, I'll just cancel it and I'll just relist because I, I just don't have the time to wait for that person, uh, especially when it's a, a high price item that I accepted less. Now this wasn't a high price item, uh, but I've I've had several messages like that where people will send me a lower offer and I'll accept it. And then they want even a lower offer after the fact, which doesn't make any sense to me. Now, here's an interesting one. Uh, so I had a sweater that I had cross posted uh, on both uh, eBay and Poshmark. And on eBay, I accepted an offer of $50 for it. And then on Poshmark, you can't, you know, once somebody, uh, when somebody buys something, they have to automatically pay. So somebody bought the same sweater for $85, right? Well, unfortunately, I didn't have that sweater in stock anymore because, well, even though it's sold on, on eBay, somebody's going to pay $85 for it on Poshmark. And I don't know when the transactions happened. I just remember I looked at my phone. I had the sweater sold for $50 on eBay. And then I got an email like, hey, please ship this out. It just sold. And I didn't look at the times. I just looked at the price. And so I messaged a person on eBay. I'm like, and they didn't pay right away. If they paid right away, they would have gotten the sweater for $50, but they didn't pay right away. And so the Poshmark person, I think it's the same person, paid the $85 because Poshmark makes you pay right away. And so I messaged on eBay. I said, hey, I'm sorry. This item is no longer available. You're welcome to anything in my store for 15% off, or we can cancel the transaction. And so eventually the transaction got canceled. And then I think the person figured things out and canceled on Poshmark. I'm like, all right, whatever. So then I'm like, huh, do I relist on eBay or do I just keep it on Poshmark? 
right? Because this person, they really want this. And so I never put it back on eBay. I put it back on Poshmark and it sold again for $85 within an hour. And then I got a message, please don't ship this. This item has not, the sale has been canceled. So the same person canceled it again. And I think they're waiting for me to put it back on eBay. And then I just relisted it on Poshmark for the same price. And eventually I think they were just like, whatever. And they bought it at $85 uh, on Poshmark. And so again, this is, this is, I wonder how many times eBay loses sales because they're not willing to get people to pay right away. Yeah. Right. Poshmark gained that sale because it was not an issue. It was not a problem. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, friends of ours, um, they, they don't like resell big time, but they do some Poshmark. And, um, she texted my wife a couple days ago and, and basically said, Hey, like I'm trying a, an item, a jacket on eBay because it's kind of a higher price item. And, uh, she's had that problem where like three or four people have bought it and not paid. And she's like, is it always like this on eBay? And I'm like, Oh, you know, some of it's cause you're, you're a new seller. I feel like new sellers kind of get hit harder by potential scammers. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, she, because she primarily does Poshmark, she's used to, somebody buys it they pay right away and so uh you know especially i feel like the higher price items a lot of times um I, when we sold that montclair jacket i feel like okay. we sold it four times before somebody actually paid for it on ebay right where oh, no, i remember that i remember that so had it have sold on poshmark you know it have been it would have been a, a one and done thing but yeah i mean it, it's definitely frustrating um i mean luckily i don't feel like i have too many unpaid items uh, compared to the number of sales I have, but any of them are even ones too much, right? Yeah, I know. I, I agree. But anyways, hey, I'm happy I got a bigger sale. Hey, eBay non-payments worked out for me, so I'm good with it. And cross-posting worked out for me, so there you have it. Now, I wanted to share this real quick. Uh, I, we talk about pirate ship a lot, but pirate ship saves you so much money if you do it right. So I, want, I, I think I've put this warning out. Like, if you sell globally, you know, eBay global shipping program is great because you can ship to Kentucky. But if you sell something domestically and it goes to Puerto Rico, man, you can be in for a lot of hurt if the item does not fit in a flat rate box. If it's a cal it out. if it's calculated shipping, you should be all good. But here's what happened. So if you guys are following us on Instagram, I had sold that I had this huge train set. And so it was this Christmas holiday train set and I had like five other cars with it and it was going to go in a massive box. Well, I accidentally put the wrong dimensions. I think I was off by like, I don't know, five inches and like maybe I think I was like five pounds or something. I, and the problem is, is to, <laughs> to ship priority would have been like 500 something dollars or something like that. Right. Uh, which was crazy. And so there's no way. And now I didn't have it at priority. I had it at ground. But here's the issue is that since I put the dimensions wrong, it was going to cost me, I was going to lose probably like a hundred. No, I was going to lose like $200 in shipping. All right. So I, you know, I went through eBay and eBay UPS ground would have cost me $320 to ship. Right. And we're talking about a massive box, right? I think it was like a 26 by 20 by 20 box or something to that effect. And so I was like, huh, I wonder if pirate ship works for bigger items, right? Because we always use well, we always use pirate ship for like smaller items, like cubic rate shipping, you know, anything less than 18 by 18 by 18. We do box in a bag. So I went on pirate ship and I put the dimensions and sure enough, it was only $210 to ship USPS 
parcel or parcel, whatever you want to call it, parcel. Okay, or how do you say it, Mike? Correct me here. Parcel. Parcel. There you go. Sorry. Okay, my Latin accent gets in the way. All right, parcel. Okay. Parcel. There you go, parcel. And so, two hundred and ten dollars in comparison to three hundred and twenty dollars. So, in the end. I ended up only losing $30 because the person paid about $180 for shipping. I ended up having to pay $210 and that was with insurance on the item. And so this is just a heads up. Uh, pirate ship not only works for cubic rate shipping, uh, smaller items, but it can work on those supersized uh, parcel items uh, that you get shipped through the USPS. And you know what concerned me too was when I went to the post office and I dropped it off, the postal workers are like, are you sure that's the right dimensions? Are you allowed to ship that through USPS? And I was like, um, well, it went through. And they're like, well, are you sure that it's not over 130 inches around? You know, because the total, uh, the, so basically it can't be more than 130 inches uh, for USPS retail ground uh, all around. And it wasn't, it wasn't even that. It was, it was like less than 100. And it was less than 70 pounds. It was 30 pounds. And so... Uh, I kind of got scared because when I checked my tracking, all it said is post office is in pos possession. And that's how it is with parcel. It, it, it'll do that for a few days. And then out of nowhere, it finally said process through Los Angeles. And then I checked today and it said it's processed through Jacksonville. And hopefully it'll be in Puerto Rico here uh, pretty soon and we should be all good. So, uh, so by the way, check out Pirate Ship if it's a larger item and you're just stuck. I'm always a big fan of using FedEx. I'm always a big fan. I'm using um, UPS, uh, but you know, sometimes pirate ship might be the way to go. And remember, if it's a PO box, uh, you're stuck because FedEx and UPS won't go to uh, PO boxes. So it may behoove you uh, to actually make sure you go. Did I just say behoove you? Anyways, all right, old education words. Uh, it, it may be a good thing for you to go over and check out a uh, pirate ship. So, nice. oh. Have you lost money shipping to Puerto Rico before, Mike? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we didn't have it selected that that wasn't one of the places we shipped to, and yeah, we definitely, we definitely have lost money a couple of times shipping to Puerto Rico. Again, if it's calculated, you should be good. If you're doing flat rate, it should be good. It's if you're doing free shipping or calculations are off that it can really hurt you. So. Yep. All right, hey, before we keep moving on, also another reliable product that we use all the time is AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Uh, I've been using a lot of AmericanBubbleBoy.com lately and, and bubble wrapping, and I like the huge uh, four-foot roll that I have that gives me a 750 square feet of bubble wrap, uh, and it's only $39.99, and it's free shipping. Uh, next day, two-day, you could do a local pickup if it, there's a warehouse near you, but it's totally been worth it. I'm actually going to order some more as we're entering Q4, but if you haven't checked out AmericanBubbleBoy.com, uh, definitely worth your time. Check the link below, and make sure you use the link below for AmericanBubbleBoy.com because that is the best way to help us out because we, you know, it also helps us if you use our link and it also helps you because it gets you to that discount uh, because if you try to go through Amazon, it's more expensive, but if you go directly through the link for AmericanBubbleBoy.com in our description below, you can definitely get uh, that deal. All right. Hey, also, if you haven't followed us on social media, uh, Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, we are PearsoCast on Clubhouse and Twitter. Uh, make sure if you haven't yet uh, caught us on YouTube and you listen to podcasts, we really appreciate it. If you jump on over and hit that subscribe button, uh, hit that bell notification and smash that like button uh, to let other people know that, uh, you know, you enjoy the podcast and, and maybe people should entertain it. 
Uh, a, the biggest thing to help us on YouTube is if we keep ending up on people's recommended because the more people watch, the more people you know do the thumbs up, uh, the better it is for us. So please jump on over to YouTube. Uh, as always, you can give us a call, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or you can shoot us an email at purosapodcast at gmail.com. That's purosapodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to say uh, thank you uh, to everyone. Uh, that continues to uh, support us uh, through the reviews on iTunes. Uh, and even if you don't listen to us on iTunes, if you jump on over uh, to iTunes and write a review for us, uh, it definitely helps us out. Uh, in our review, we have 489 reviews. We're almost the 500 Club. I mean, seriously, last time I think there's a major jump. And so uh, we are grateful. I want to read the, the last three, if you don't mind, Mike. I uh, just, uh, you know, if you write the reviews, it really helps us because people know what to expect, right? what they're looking for, right? Because the five stars is great. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think we're going to be permanently in the 4.9, Mike, because we keep getting five All stars, right. but it's just. Who, who's going to hate, man? Man, it, just, it hurts my soul. All right. So uh, this is from Brilliant Girl. Brilliant Girl. Great for resellers of all levels. Brilliant Girl wrote. Good information and positive energy from these guys, whether you're new to reselling or an OG, an OG. You're bound to learn something new from Mike and Arlano. Thanks for putting out this pod. Well, thank you, Brilliant Girl. Appreciate that. Uh, this comes from uh, Sunshine Twin Mom. I uh, said, learn so much. And they stated, I have been reselling part-time since 2007. When I discovered PHP a couple of years ago, I was encouraged and educated to keep it up a notch, uh, to kick it up a notch. I highly recommend this podcast. I have dabbled in creating information products in another industry, and the amount of time it takes is overwhelming. The work you two do to put this podcast together is much appreciated. I'm headed to buy a coffee next. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah, thank uh, you. No, seriously. I, I, gotta, I wonder if your username is the same on buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle uh, for the coffee that you bought. So I got to get over there. I always try to say thank you to everyone. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a minute, but uh, I need to go over there. So thank you so much. And we'll read one more. This one comes from uh, California, Californage, Californage, like you're foraging. So if you teach a man to fish, if you teach a man to fish, great show, good for the beginner and experienced reseller. I would like it if you just gave me the fish, though. <laughs> Go ahead, keep your secrets. Hashtag 500 Club. So that's pretty that good. Is... No. No, hey, we, I'm not about secrets. I mean, yeah, we don't share everything, but again, since day one, we've always been about helping you guys learn how to resell. Because if we just, all we did is drop bolos all day long, eventually, you know, if those bolos don't work out, and you need to find out how to get those bolos, how to figure out what is a bolo, uh, how to source the bolos. And so I uh, really appreciate those honest reviews. Uh, it's grateful. So just grateful. So, all right. Are you ready? Yeah. So our next section is everybody's second favorite because Bolos is the most favorite. But things are happening in the retail world. The audio might be really loud. <laughs> that was a weird laugh, yeah. but man, that, that came out of that was loud. Yeah, sorry. I, uh, I, I, because we're doing this remote, I have to kind of do it a little bit differently, and uh, you know, it's 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 louder. So I didn't get to do my whole good talk over, uh, but live from the underground bunker, we've got Orlando. I'm out in the field. Uh, what's going on? All right. So those of you that that sell sports cards, you this is old news, but 
I, I'm just like, I just wanted to share this in case you didn't know. So eBay shilling, eBay shilling. Have you, have you ever had people back in the day do eBay shilling, Mike? No, not, not that I'm well, asking to confess a crime, but. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure people have done it on some of, I mean, I don't know. Um, I've never done it. So. All right. So this took me back to my college. Day. So real quick. So eBay ended their relationship uh, with a card company, PWCC. Uh, which is the largest, uh, I think, card seller of uh, trading cards uh, on eBay, right? And so they sent this message out. I, I didn't get it because I don't sell cards, but uh, they basically said it recently, recently it was determined that individuals associated with the trading card seller, PWCC, have engaged in shill bidding, which is prohibited on eBay. All right. And so uh, that's a, it's a huge deal because I, a lot of people had actually DM'd us when we posted this on Instagram that they always thought crazy how high the prices went on items when it was through PWCC in comparison to other sellers. So let me give you a simple example of showing and billing, bidding in case you don't know what I'm talking about. So I had mentioned back in, in the late 90s uh, when eBay first started, when I was in college, my buddy was big on eBay. And what he would do is he would list something and he would tell all of us, hey, man, let's go to the computer lab and can you guys bid on my item so the bids go up? That's show bidding. Now, yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure it wasn't like, what's that? Yeah, basically, I mean, just, uh, you're, you're breaking out a little bit, not too bad, but just, uh, okay, just right. to clarify. Yeah, so show bidding, you know, it's it's when you're, when it's a fake bid, right? Like, you know, somebody really wants it and you got somebody else, they bid $10 and you've got your friend bid $11 because you wanted to go up to 12, right? There might not be another interested buyer. So by creating that fake interested buyer, you're driving a price up when they might be able to potentially get the item for less, right? So this would be something that would happen just on an auction, not on a buy it now, which is why I don't really experience uh, or have to worry about, you know, being accused of shill bidding because I don't even do that. So it just, to me, it was, it was just wild. Cause I was, I was like, I have not heard that term in a long time. Uh, and so I was just like, huh. I mean, I, I joke around on Instagram that like, just like baseball cards have come back, so that's show bidding. Because show bidding, I think, happened a lot in the early eBay days. Because I don't know how eBay tracked that, right? I mean, we were able <laughs> – I think we've passed that your limitation. It wasn't that. We were just selling, like, the sweaters. But, you know, we would all sit in the lab and we'd just, like, click, 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 you know? And sometimes somebody in the lab would win the item, so, you know, it just it just happened. I mean, and it only happened like a handful of times. Uh, but, you know, the other crazy thing about this is uh, I don't have, you know, the time, time to go into all the news stories. But there are also there's a, there's discussion about like card cutting that's been taking place. So if you don't know what card cutting is, you know, when it, you take a card out of a package, uh, out of a graded package, and then, you know, you cut it and you like alter it. So it ends up in a better condition and you resend it to get graded again. And then it gets graded at a higher number. Uh, and so there's been some talk about that with PSA and, and other grading companies. So, yeah, the whole industry is kind of getting rocked right now. And um, yeah, I kind of don't understand how that works. I feel like I feel like anything you do to a card is going to make it worse. Right. Like, yeah. but but there's there are people that are really good at doing stuff. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, like, uh, I think there was one guy was like former NFL player. I mean, I, I don't have the time to go into the whole news story and I, I don't know all the details. So. I don't want to misspeak, but um, yeah, there, there's, there's, so you have to remember grading of cards is subjective, right? I mean, you, we can claim objectivity, right? And, and everything, but I mean, sometimes somebody might get an eight or a nine and that eight could have been a nine or that nine should have been an eight. 
right? It's based on the grader, right? And now there are objective standards, uh, but for for example, I mean, there have been uh, high profile celebrities that have bought cards, and they've you know they've had it. It was like a like an eight, and then they sent it in, and they get it back, and it's like a nine or a ten. And it's like, how does that happen? Right. And I don't know. Let us know in the comments below. I'm not too familiar with this, but I know this. This was happening even back when I was a kid, when I used to do baseball cards uh, during the junk wax era, when there was too many baseball cards in, in circulation. Uh, but anyways, it, to me, it's a big story. Again, I don't think baseball cards are going anywhere soon uh, for right now. I'm um, just like, I don't think, well, I, don't know, I don't know about NFT pet rock selling for a hundred thousand dollars right now. Who, know, who knows what's going on in our economy right now? But um, just just keep an eye because the sport card market, if, if there's too many scandals, that could also affect the business overall. Uh, but we'll see what happens. All right. Anyways, that was a quick one. All right. So, hey, here's another. Here's a, here's a positive news. I want to get into positive news. So, so eBay, eBay, the sneaker guarantee. Have you had any sneakers that you've had? I'm pretty sure. I don't know if you've had that have been over 100 bucks that you've had to send to the uh, authentication places. No, I have not. I have not okay. done that. I've uh, been not been lucky enough to have uh, that high of a sell yet. <laughs> okay. All right. Not so, <laughs> hey, we source what we source. And so um, eBay, I got to tell you, I, I am liking it more and more. I think it was it was a rough start, right? There were delays and things took a while. But it's really nice that whenever I sell any kind of athletic shoe for over $100, number one, I don't have any fees. And two, it, it gets sent to uh, an authentication uh, location by eBay, and they check it out, and they say it's authentic, and I don't get any complaints. I, I haven't had a single issue yet. And then when it gets, if it ever gets to get, it gets returned, they send it back to the authentication place. They authenticate the return, and then it gets back to you. So it's been pretty nice. But uh, there was a sneaker con event in San Jose, and they interviewed uh, one of the execs, uh, the general manager from eBay, uh, Gary Thaniel, and. He had talked about it. he said uh he said thank you so much thank you for having me here today sales have been great we are seeing triple digit growth for the last few quarters here at ebay sneakers and i think part of it is largely due to the fact that we've rolled out our authenticity degree so that means we inspect sneakers that come through and we have a program to ensure that consumers are getting oh sorry about that that's what happens when you go mobile all right so we'll take that call later all right, so let me get back to reading. So, so basically, they're at, you know the general manager was saying that they had triple digit growth in the last few quarters uh, due to the eBay sneaker guarantee, and I think I honestly believe this is probably one of the best moves eBay has made in in a decade outside of uh, the send offers, uh, and and part of it being is that now you know at first people are like oh, I don't know, and people started sending stuff to StockX and and, and Go and stuff like that. But I think if eBay can keep going with this, I think eBay could, uh, maybe they do, maybe they do. I don't know, somebody let me know in the comments that uh, sell sneakers uh, for a living. Maybe Matt Klein's listening. Uh, but I find that eBay can can dominate the space uh, when it comes to to sneakers. And and again, we have talked about before how we believe that eBay has lost its ability to appeal to the younger generations, but with sneakers, it's a win all around. So. I don't know. I thought I just I sh I share that there. All right, now some some other interesting things here going on around the world. And so uh, I had I we had mentioned before about you know retail stores closing down and malls closing down. And guess what Amazon is doing? Did you catch what Amazon its latest thing that they're doing? What's that? 
They're opening department oh, yeah, stores yeah, now. Yeah, I did see that. I knew that was coming. I mean, they've already had like the little mini Amazon stores. Have you ever been in one of those, like at a at a mall yeah, or something? There's not much to buy, you know. Right. Well, what they do a lot of times there is they have like a lot of their hot items, their hot books, their hot tech stuff, a lot of Amazon basic stuff. Um, so I, I I feel like that was one of their ways of testing, um, you know, kind of the market. And the nice thing I think too is you could have stuff shipped there, mm-hmm. scan things, and look at reviews. I mean, that was always cool because I mean I feel like when I go into a lot of stores, anyways, what I'm doing is I'm looking at an item and then I see what it costs on, on eBay or on Amazon. And then I want to see what the, uh, what the reviews are. Right. So I'm doing that a lot of times anyways. Uh, so when you go right into an Amazon store and you can kind of just scan it, you can see the reviews or it already has on the thing, like, you know, 3000 reviews, 4.9 stars, right? Like it, it'll show you on the items. That's true, that's true. Right there. So that was kind of nice. And so it just makes sense that they're going to move into department store uh, realm I mean, it's going to be a little different because it's uh, it's they're they're kind of going to start competing with things like Walmart and Target. Uh, but I'm sure the fact that they're a logistics company is going to give them kind of a heads up because a lot of what retail is is it's just logistics. Can they order the right supplies to the right locations in the right quantities? Can they get it out on the shelves? And the nice thing with Amazon is they already have the data. They already know in this region, people are buying these items in this region. People are buying these items. Like they already have that data. And so yeah. they can easily manipulate or, or uh, dictate which items go where. So that way in this region, we are already selling and shipping this, these types of things. So we're just going to stock our store with that. Whereas another region might not get that. And so I think that's going to be very beneficial to them. And you know, uh, as long as it doesn't cut into the ability to get Amazon Prime, you know, yeah. uh, they kind of did it backwards. I feel like every other company like Walmart started in store and then they tried to break into the online market, whereas Amazon started online and they're moving into the brick and mortar. So it'll be interesting to see which is better. It feels like obviously Amazon controls the online market, even though Walmart is you know trying to, to catch up and target and these other companies are are doing faster shipping, free shipping, those types of things. Um, they still can't compete. So I'm interested to see if it's going to be the same when Amazon goes into brick and mortar, if they're not going to have the infrastructure to do brick and mortar well, or if they're going to end up saying, hey, we can do brick and mortar better than you can do brick and mortar. I think that's what's going to happen. I just, I even me looking at this, I'm like, huh, I kind of want to go. Uh, you know, I, I do not, I have not walked in a department store in years, in years. Uh, and usually, you know, when I, if I ever get my kids clothing, it's it's usually... I order it online or it's, you know, it's, it's, I just hate going inside department stores. Uh, and so it's interesting. They said the stores would be the latest in a series of impersonal retail experiments for the company. Um, the stores will probably be about 30,000 square feet, which puts them in closer scales to the average Best Buy. Uh, and then uh, let's see, they're going to have, they're going to have well-known brands in stock and they're also going to have their own line of electronics and other products. And so I mean, think about it. They even have things like sizing, right? Like they yeah. know, like even yeah. if it's clothing, like they know like this style of clothes, most people buying this thing is, you know, between a size medium and an extra large. Whereas in this region, most of the people buying this is like small to medium. So like they can already kind of tell what what sizing they should stock stores. I mean, that, that just goes to show like the power of information. I think I think that's where they're going to have the, uh, the, the leg up. Yeah. I, I, you know, who don't, I mean, they're not, you know, I'm pretty sure this took a lot of thought and effort. It wasn't just, you know, something that they just thought about overnight. So 
we'll we'll have to stay tuned and see what happens. Uh, you know, some people have messaged me like, is this is this possibly the end of retail arbitrage? I don't think it's the end of retail arbitrage uh, because again, retail arbitrage is more about getting those hot items that you can't find in other places, right? And so, re retail arbitrage is still going to be a thing. Uh, will they have those hot items in stock in their stores? I don't know. It's possible, but it wouldn't be any different than when Amazon has it in stock online and it plummets the price, yeah. right? It, yeah, it'd be the same they, thing. They have the buy box. Yeah, exactly. It's just the same thing. Like Amazon loses the buy box on hot items all the time because they don't have it in stock. It'll be the same with store. Yeah, correct. Now, here's another. So we keep talking about this so much, but I want to reiterate this. Like, I think if we're able, and I, I, and I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place. But one of the items that I'm selling a lot lately is an item that you can't just go to a store and get. And part of it is because of supply chain. And so I think this Q4, if you're able to find those items, they don't even have to be hot items. They have to be, let's say, consistent sellers every Q4, right? With some kind of board game or some kind of toy that is, you know, there, there are certain things that always sell, right? And I'm just throwing a terrible example out there, like Monopoly, okay? Monopoly, I'm pretty sure, is a game that sells every Christmas, right? There's always the family member that doesn't know what to get, and they're like, oh, Monopoly, that's a safe bet. Well, what if there is a Monopoly shortage, right? Because right now, the, the supply chains are just they're getting rocked. I'm hearing those containers, I think at one point, I don't know, what are they, two to 3000 to use a container, and now they're going for nine to $20,000 uh, for one of those containers. And uh, I just saw another uh, news story come out of China, uh, China supply chain, serious backlog of cargo expected at Shanghai Pudong airports as coronavirus cases divert flights. And so what they're doing in some of these locations is that there just needs to be one case and they'll shut down the entire the entire dock or the entire operation. And uh, I've even read stories about like in Vietnam uh, where they're, they're ha asking employees uh, to sleep in the factory uh, because they don't want people catching it. And so they're keeping everybody self-contained. And so I, I think again, this Q4, if you're able, if you're able to source things now, which again, that's always risky, right? Because you're risking a lot of capital, but if you're able to source things now in anticipation uh, for, you know, a big backlog of items coming in, you might be able to capture some great pricing. Uh, but again, there has to be a lot of research done and it has to be money you're willing He's saying this, willing to lose, because whenever you buy early for Q4, you are taking a risk. Uh, but, you know, I, for example, there are some toys I've, I've sourced before that have sold every year consistently. Even this last time, I was like, oh, no, did I buy a bunch of stuff that I don't think is going to sell? <laughs> and they started selling. So so you just you just never know. So keep an eye, because I think uh, things are going to get I, I really do think sales are going to start uh, heating up here uh, pretty soon. So, yeah, I mean, and even things like even things like weights, for instance, right? Like we had the the crazy weight <coughs> last year when uh, gyms were closed, right? Now yeah. I am very confident. I'm I'm pretty pretty certain that there's going to be lockdowns again. If you were in a state or a city that already had lockdowns the last round, mm -hmm. I have a feeling there's going to be lockdowns again. But even if there's not lockdowns, um, the policies that work now for so many places with mandatory um, you know, weekly testing, things like that, and then quarantines that people have stake. Even if there's not like a, hey, gyms have to close down, like that's not mandated. If, if workers can't get in, right? If it's like, hey, half the staff or half the, the people who are working at a gym either have to quarantine because they had COVID or in contact with somebody, then 
the gyms are going to close again, right? Maybe temporarily, maybe by mandate, maybe just by, hey, we have, we're short staff. We can't get people to work, right? So when those things happen, there's probably going to be another spike in people wanting home gyms again. Or So just think about last time anything that was hot, not only do we have the supply, supply chain break, but there's probably going to be big rushes again if all of a sudden stores have to close down because they have to or because they just don't have employees. Oh, I hate hearing what you just said, but yeah, I, you know, the thing is I, I'm seeing it more and more that that could be a possibility. It'll be great for resellers. Uh, I think, I mean, especially if, if they happen during Q4, but man, if that were to be the case, it's going to be an interesting time again. So, all right. So welcome to our video, not getting pushed down in the YouTube algorithm because we yeah, need to the yeah, words. Yeah. Hey, so, we got to be real, man. We got to be real. No, we do got to be real. So, all right. Hey, so that ends, uh, that's going to end our reselling topics on a good note. Uh, so, hey, just be aware. Just be ready this Q4. Just be ready. All right. Now for the section that people are looking for. That's right. Ba -ba 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 -bolo. I figured out how to turn the volume down, which I probably could have had the volume up on that one and then turned it down on anyway. Whatever. Keeps things exciting. Uh -huh. Yeah. So what's your bolo, Orlando? So I talk about bows all the time. Right? Well, not all the time, but, you know, we've mentioned bows. But I wanted to mention bows outdoor speakers. And the way you know that they're outdoor speakers, there's usually like a case around them. And it looks like there's like a little fence over it. I don't know. But what I have found is there's never been a pair of Bose speakers, outdoor speakers, that I have picked up that has not sold within two weeks. Every single time I pick Bose outdoor speakers, because sometimes you'll pick up Bose and you're like, oh, you know, I'll just see. Sometimes they take a little bit. But if they're outdoor speakers, they sell pretty quick. And so, and there's several, I mean, I could give you all the numbers on them. I mean, there's a 251. 251 is the major one, uh, but there's also the, the older ones, the 151s. Uh, there's the 51s, which are older than that. Uh, but here's the thing. They're outdoor speakers. So sometimes they'll have like a, a dent. Now, as long as the speaker doesn't have a dent, you're good. But like a case, you might have a dent or it might be a little rusted or it might, you know, there might be some dirt on it or it may, it may be the white ones and they're not super clean. Or, you know, there might be some cosmetic issue on the speakers, but even still, they will sell. And so always check comps, uh, but don't hesitate on moving on a pair of Bose outdoor speakers just because you see like a dent on the casing or just because you see some dirt or you see some marks or you can tell that it's been outside for a while. As long as the speakers work, uh, people are, are generally, you know, they don't care. Now, I, I don't, I don't test these as often. Um, I only test them if it's really rough. Uh, you know, like it looks like it's been through a lot because these are really durable speakers. And every time I've tested them, they've always worked. I've never come across a pair of Bose outdoor speakers that I decided to test that I was like, oh no, this doesn't work. Uh, because they are, they're what's that? You just take the chance then? Yeah, I got free returns, you know? Doesn't work, return it, you know? I mean, it is what it is, you know? Um, I know I'm gonna get some heat for that in the comments, but uh, you know, that's why I love free returns. That's one advantage of free returns. But, I, with, but the reason I do that with Bose outdoor speakers is because Again, I've never experienced a set of Bose outdoor speakers that has not worked. So keep an eye, Bose outdoor speakers, uh, the 51, the 151, the 251s, or maybe the other models. But uh, I just recently bought a pair for, I think it was like $10. And 
and I sold them within uh, 72 hours for $100 plus ship. So keep an eye. All right, what's your bolo? Um, so I've talked about this brand before, uh, specifically when I picked up something. I don't know if it was a bolo or if it was a uh, like just a story of something I picked up, but um, I know I've talked about it. So the brand is Schleich. It's a German toy brand. And I see them now in uh, Barnes and Noble. I had never seen them before. Um, now I see them in Barnes and Noble, and I think I've seen a, like a couple of like stuff at, at a Target before, also. Uh, but they're <laughs> hard plastic toys, uh, similar. Some of them like the construction, the way you can construct certain things, like uh, horse pins or farm stuff, as um, like Playmobil maybe, uh, as far as like you know putting yeah. stuff together. But there's a lot of like figures. And I have noticed that Schleich toys sell really, really well. And it's like, kind of like the, uh, I don't even know if so much it's just collectible, but I feel like the sets come and go. And so if you got really into their fairy set or you got really into their horse set or whatever the set was, and then now they've got different sets and maybe somebody lost pieces or they were collecting it. And so even open stuff will sell. I've, I was lucky enough to come across a lot of sealed Schleich toys, which is really nice. Uh, but now that I know that this brand, I, I'm consistently selling the stuff that I was able to kind of bulk buy. Um, I will be on the lookout when I'm at garage sales. I, I typically just quickly go through toys. Uh, but the nice thing with a lot of toys, uh, I, I, I kind of, I, I refer to it as like good plastic. And so you can kind of tell the higher quality toys because the plastic is just like a thicker, harder. It's not hollow. It's a little bit heavier. And so if you just even run your hand through a tote full of toys, you can feel a couple pieces like, hey, like there's some weight to this piece. Uh, this piece feels a little mm. bit sturdier. It's yeah. not like a hollow uh, McDonald's toy. Uh, then from there, you can look at the brands and see what the brands are. Uh, because a lot of times, if it's good quality plastic, and once you feel it, it's like, it's like when people say, uh, you can just tell when you go to a thrift store if fabric is good fabric, mm -hmm. right? Like the more fabric you touch, you can be like, yeah, this is Walmart, Walmart, Walmart. Ooh, this feels different, right? This feels nicer. And so same thing with toys. Uh, the more you handle higher end toys, the more you can say like, this is good plastic. And so you might even look up and see a brand that you're not familiar with, but find that it's good just by just by doing the, the plastic check, right? So Schleich is one of those brands I'm going to be looking out for a little more uh, as well as just feeling for heavier, nicer plastic when I'm looking at toys at a garage sale. Nice. All right, so in case you're wondering how to spell Schleich, it's S-C-H-L-E-I-C-H. S-C-H-L-E-I-C-H. So, I, you know, I find the same thing with cowboy boots. Like, if they're heavier, they're usually worth something, right? And the garbage ones are super light. So, so no, that's good. That's good. Especially coming into Q4. Yeah, if you can find those toys that are collected, just like a Playmobil, uh, there's there's a lot of collectors for those toys. All right, what are you looking forward to? Oh, before we look forward to stuff, hey, just wanted to share real quick about one of our sponsors. A lot of a lot of you bought some Skull Shaver uh, last month, uh, so appreciate your support. Support, uh, and so I can I can shave better my Skull Shaver than I can spell. And so it, I, I've been using my Skull Shaver on a daily basis, and it's a great tool. Uh, somebody had asked me; they said, "Hey, Orlando, is it as close?" Uh, to a rate is it just like a razor and my my what I would say is it's almost razor to the point that you can't even tell you can't even tell and so I uh, you know you might be able to feel it a little more but no the skull shaver is so and here's the thing you don't get cut right and it's, it's simple it's, it's very simple it only takes about you know 90 seconds to get your whole head and it's super powerful so 
I, I all I use is skull shaver. I have not put a razor to my head in a long time. So uh, again, that if you want to use our promo code to order yourself a skull shaver, it is skullshaver.com. Uh, and then our promo code is pure, P-U-R-E. So thanks again, Skull Shaver, for letting us partner with you guys. Yeah. All right, Mike, what are you looking forward to here? Uh, I'm looking forward to going to garage sales. Um, I, I obviously was not going to go to garage sales this last week when my wife was, you know, hurting so bad. Uh, so I, I had to, I had to take care of my family, right? Family always comes first. Health comes yeah. first. But, um, I tell you on Friday when I was driving to work and I'm seeing all these garage sale signs and then Monday on my way to work, I saw even more in different places. There were so many garage sales around where I live. Uh, so that was a little bit, uh, a little bit, disheartening kind of felt bad but it just kind of gave me that motivation of all right friday's coming i'm going to start planning for my next uh, garage sales and then saturday morning will be here i've already got my money ready to go i've got my wallet ready i've got all my my camera stuff charged so i can uh, record a video so i'm excited to uh to hit up them garage sales what about you you know, I, I kind of have the same thing going uh, just because I, I'm only going to be able to garage sale maybe for about another month or so. Uh, and I haven't been garage selling lately just because a lot going on, you know, kids school starting again, uh, just a bunch of life circumstances. And so I'm hoping to get out there uh, for another month because it'd be nice to pick up the inventory. I'm also uh, looking forward to uh, delving more into Amazon. Amazon has been really good to me uh, the last few weeks. Uh, you know, what's crazy is um, last year, remember, I rented a cargo van uh, and I paid, I think I paid like 1700 I would say, for the cargo van this year for this, pretty much a little bit longer, but not too much longer. Uh, the price to rent a cargo van is $4,000. Buy one, is, man. I know. No, no, no. I, I know. That's where I'm landing because I looked and I, you know, maybe I, the, the problem is I don't want to buy a lemon. And so, uh, you know, I'm probably going to have to, you know, Can ask for a was get, that get an old get a get an old like e250 diesel or something uh, i think those ones are diesel i mean you can find them that have like 200,000 miles on them already for relatively cheap but because it's diesel man it'll just keep going forever yeah but see i'm not a mechanic i am i'm terrible with cars and so you know it has to be the, the, the reason i rent my vehicles is so i don't have to deal with it i don't have to fix it i don't have to worry about it it's not my problem so uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, and, you know, I need to get back into uh, being consistent on listening again. I'm grateful for all the sales, but I know things will wind down. And uh, yeah, like you, um, I'm looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. Uh, I hadn't talked about this much, but, you know, uh, summer is great with my kids, but it's also it, it affects business because, you know, my kids aren't in school. And so my kids aren't in school. I'm spending a lot of time with them. Uh, but during the school year, that time, usually, you know, in the daytime is I'm devoting to the business. And so I, there's a lot of time that I wasn't devoting to business and I, I kind of need to get back into that. So, uh, you know, I'm not looking forward to my kids are back in school, but I am looking forward uh, to having the time uh, to strictly focus on the business itself and just get things moving. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm excited about Q4. I, I, I'm looking forward to, I can't believe we're here again. I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like we're in a perpetual same scenario since uh, the beginning of, a 2020, but it's okay. I'm, I'm willing to end 2021 strong. So we'll see what happens. All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hopefully we're able to bring you some value. Thank you all for your support. And as always, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Blades.